0: of the boys, I don't give a damn, I'm the man, come round, no, no, nothing can break, not nothing can break me down, I'm the man. going on thank you for joining us for another show tonight we are breaking down our top 36 wide receivers kev has a new wide receiver one is michael thomas a top 10 wide receiver one of us has jamar chase inside the top 24 and should you fade the tampa bay wide receivers scoop all right, Kev, aka Fantasy Wrath 13. We have a lot to get to. We're going to touch on 36 wide receivers or our top 36. Anyway, uh, like I said at the top of the show, you have a new wide receiver one strolling into town following the NFL draft. You have A.J. Brown at one, Tyreek Hill at two, Devontae Adams slides down to three digs at four d hop at five justin jefferson at six a rob at seven ridley at eight dk metcalf at nine michael thomas at 10 keenan at 11 and julio jones at 12 i have tyreek at one i did bring aj brown up to two digs at three Devontae adams at four a rob at five d hop at six Justin Jefferson at seven, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf at ten. I have Michael Thomas just outside the top ten at eleven, and then I have Amari Cooper here at twelve. Uh, I think we're both probably on the the the, the same thought pattern here and process of you know moving AJ Brown up as high as we have him. Uh, th- this I don't think this is necessarily a hot take or you know any anything like that to have him up here. The Titans did absolutely nothing with their receiving core, and the drafts really add to it. Outside of you know bringing in Josh Reynolds in free agency, then they did go and uh, draft Des Fitzpatrick day three. But outside of that, man, they didn't do anything at tight end. So it's basically going to be the AJ Brown and Derrick Henry show. Uh, talk to me about a couple of these guys that, that you have you have in the top twelve. You know, maybe some guys you went back and forth on, anything like that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean AJ Brown going one. I know a lot of people, pretty much most people are gonna have Devontae Adams at one. And I wouldn't argue with you. Um, because I think these top three, maybe four guys, um are, are kind of also are locked in here uh for me. And I think you could probably alter or you know, mix and match them how you feel. But I just like AJ Brown's upside this year. I feel like he is the Devontae Adams of this year, right? He's in that he's in an offense with an efficient quarterback. You know, obviously, Ryan Tannehill is not Aaron Rodgers, but still, um, there's just nobody else there to really throw the ball to. And, you know, John who has gone. Corey Davis is gone. Uh, I still think, you know, they did bring in Josh Reynolds, which is not a big upgrade. But if you look at A.J. Brown just last year, I mean, on 106 targets, he was still seventh at fantasy points per game with 17.2, um, you know his yards per out run he was second with 2.76 which i love to see that that's one big indicator for wide receivers uh 70 receptions 1073 receiving yards um and 11 touchdowns and you know that was in only 14 games so i think uh you know it's it's a, a big time year for aj brown to really uh you know i think it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he's the number one wide receiver that's why i have him there um, I don't think you're going to have to take him there. I think you could probably get him at wide receiver three or four. Um, I think he has got to continue to rise up most people's boards, though, because of everything I just said. So I just love A.J. Brown this year. And I think that he's uh, kind of a slam dunk to be that guy, barring any sort of injury. So, you know, the rest of this list was kind of pretty easy for me. and Nothing really changed dramatically past this for me. Uh, without with really moving him up uh justin jefferson i think is in a great spot uh once again for this season he's definitely going to be the alpha in this offense and be the number one uh wide receiver you know the only concern ever with them is the, you know in terms of volume because mike zimmer is living in 1980 uh with his style of offense but um you know with justin jefferson i think you know another year in this offense i mean he exploded last year um so i'm I'm okay with that uh, Allen robinson um Listen, with Justin Fields there, I feel even better about him. This is by far the best quarterback he's ever got to play with, so I'm happy for that for Allen Robinson. And if he was able to do all that stuff with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles and Blake Bortles and all the other garbage quarterbacks that he's had over the years, then I I think it's really good news for them with that. So um, I like that move there. Um, Calvin Ridley is one that I probably could have a little bit higher. Um, I am making this move knowing that Julio Jones – and uh, Kyle Pitts now are in this offense. Now, if Julio Jones gets traded, uh, Kyle, Kyle or Calvin Ridley is moving dramatically up. I'm moving him probably to eight. I'll probably put him at least four. Could possibly go higher than that because Ooh. without Julio Jones there, he is going to see an astronomical amount of targets.
0: Yeah, I mean that that like hearing you say that out loud like sounded like sounded hot. And then I thought about it. I was like, isn't like. It's not really that crazy. Like you said, if we're, if we're if we're following uh volume with Michael Thomas, I don't know how people are going to receive our ranking of Michael Thomas because you know, if, if we're following volume, there's another team that didn't do anything in the draft, didn't do anything in free agency. You know, Manning Sanders is now gone. I know Traquan Smith is now getting the Devontae Parker. Treatment in terms of you know being the the off season hype darling we we've been hearing it for Traquan for three years in a row now the the reason why I have Thomas down this low and I you know we didn't get to really talk about our feelings on these players yet so we're kind of just hashing this hashing this out as we speak but I am dropping him down here like even though he's you know should be getting the the volume again 150 plus targets. I think people are forgetting just how damn accurate and how damn good Drew Brees was. You know, we kind of saw him, you know, the, our recency bias with him is kind of, you know, the arm not necessarily being there, him getting injured and, and everything else. But, I mean, if you go back and look at Michael Thomas's, like, catch percentage and Drew Brees's, uh completion percentage, he was setting – literal NFL records, like two out of three years in a row. So I think, you know, whether it's Hill, whether it's, uh, Winston, uh, dare I say in book, maybe saints, what the hell you doing taking him in the fourth. Anyway, I digress. I I just think that is going to be something that is going to, uh, put a, put a pretty big dent in terms of his efficiency. And then, uh, some people might be surprised with Amari Cooper, being here at 12 for me, but obviously with Dak coming back, that defense is still absolutely trash. If you look at the the first five weeks, whenever Dak was still playing uh you know, pre-injury, Cooper was second in targets in the league. He actually had 15 more than C D Lamb did at that time. He was second in catches, seventh in yards, eighth in PPR points. So I think this could be uh, another instance of kind of following in that same. that that same track and those same footprints for the Dallas Cowboys offense. And even though I think Dak has gotten better at this specific thing, I think he is still kind of a – he is best whenever he can see the guy being open and then hitting him. You know, we we always talked about Dez, you know, in his final years of not being able to get that separation – Dak wasn't as willing to, you know, try and, you know, put it on his back shoulder, or throwing in a, a contested catch. I think he has gotten better at that, but I still think he is most comfortable whenever he can see a guy open. And we know how good of a route runner Amari Cooper is. So for, for me, I'm going to slide him in there in the, in the top 12. Like I said, I, I don't know if people are going to find that to be, you know, a, a little, a little spicy or not, but Uh, I I agree with you that the top 12 was kind of the the easy part here. And then after this is where I really started to struggle, not going to lie with, you know, trying to rank these guys. But is there anybody else you want to touch on before we start uh, moving on down the list here? And, yes, I agree, Uh, A-Rob, you know, finally, hopefully anyway, because, you know, a a lot can change with these rookies. But we have now said this twice in one offseason, like, playing with the best quarterback he ever did, you know, in in his career. And he didn't even get a snap with Andy Dalton, but hopefully Phil's will really help open things up for a Rob here. And if, you know, if we look at what he has been able to do with who he has had to deal with a quarterback, it's uh, it, it really is something special and uh, you know, pretty wild to think about.
1: No, absolutely. So that, I mean, I, I just, it, it's, it's a, a great year. I, I think it's going to be a great year for Alan Robinson. but uh, as far as Michael Thomas is concerned, I, I think we could possibly be too low on him. Um, even at 10, uh, he is a volume guy. He always has been, but uh, you know, I think Jameis Winston is going to absolutely feed him. Um, I, I do feel pretty confident that Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback. Of course, there's a chance that it could be Taysom Hill, which would uh, change my feelings a little bit, but um, you know, I mean, Michael Thomas just suffered a lot of injuries last year, and it's easy to uh, get lost in what he did in 2019 when he had an absolute monster season. And now he is a guy that lives and dies by volume. But I mean, even last year, I mean, he still had 55 targets in seven games, which isn't terrible. His his target share was 27.8, which was fourth among all wide receivers. He was actually uh, first in air, market share of air yards last year with 42.5. And then um, his yards per route run, which was pretty solid as well at 16th, which is 2.22. Um, so there's some good indicators there that he was still. Really good 75% contested catch rate, which was second among all wide receivers. So there were still some things on his profile last year that it would indicate otherwise that he still has it. And he's still, I think he's probably going to come back with something to prove, you know, with all the haters and everybody, right, burying him um, last year, you know, the slant boy and everything else. But uh, we'll we'll see, you know, but I I just think that he could now be a kind of a. Um, a guy that everybody was taking first overall last year, you know, or at the number one wide receiver that now people are getting him a little bit more of a value for him and get, be able to get him in the third or fourth round where you wouldn't be able to do that, you know, in years past. So um, I think this could be a bounce back spot. And I think that Jameis uh, hopefully that's the quarterback that uh, I think that um, that really elevates him. And like you said, there's nobody else to throw the ball to. That's why I think that Trey Smith can actually be, a kind of a late round guy that people should be looking at. And uh, another guy that I actually talked about in the video that I did, that's up on uh, the YouTube channel, uh, early sleepers, because, you know, Drew Brees just didn't have it anymore in terms of the deep ball. Like at least with consistency, he he didn't throw the ball nearly as much deep. You know, his arm just wasn't the same as what it used to be with Jameis. Like Jameis could throw some rocks. I mean, look at what he was able to do with Mike Evans. Right. And not saying Mike Evans, but Rashad Perryman, Right. And so, um, I, I think it can be i think it can be a real bounce back kind of um breakout year for Trey Smith, kind of like we saw with Corey Davis last year where he kind of came out of nowhere and really kind of put it all together. I'm not saying that Trey is going to go out and have 80, you know, 80 receptions and a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, but I think he can be a guy that you maybe use on a week to week basis in a flex spot, um, especially at home because after that, I mean, they lost Jared cook as well. And so, I mean, they're going to have Adam Troutman there, which is in the late, late round tight end that I like as well. But um, I just think it can be a bounce back spot for the Saints offense as a whole, um, and, you know, w- w- with with Jameis Winston there. So we'll see. Other than that, I don't really have anything else. Um, where would be, I guess just really quickly, just lightning round, w- where would you want to see Julio Jones go? Because it sounds like he's going to get traded. Re- a realistic spot.
0: I mean, you've been talking about the chiefs as a realistic like like he he's someone I want to see him go where and obviously if you're trading for somebody like Julio you're you know you're expecting him to go to a a contender but I I just want to see him go somewhere where he has a legitimate chance to win a ring like he just one of these players I've just loved for so long the dude just been straight up dominant his entire career even whenever he's banged up he's still going out there and making plays so I like I like in terms of fantasy purposes like i i guess kc is probably as best as, it, as it's gonna get but anywhere where he has a legit chance to win just outside of you know fantasy purposes were there uh you know outside of uh the chiefs did you have any other any other teams on on top of your head
1: I think Green Bay would make some sense, obviously. With could you imagine having Julio and Devonte in the same in the same office? I mean that that would probably make Aaron Rodgers happy it's if same. they brought in Julio it. Jones, you know, just kind of go all in there. You know, they had to move some stuff around, restructure a little bit, I think, to make the money work. But because he's he's due fifteen million this year and eleven next year, so that's not crazy for Julio Jones. I mean, I know he got hurt a little bit last year, but I think that you know in the right offense and everything else, like he still looked electric and he still looked like the Julio yeah. Jones that we've always loved. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you put him in Green Bay with Aaron with a pissed off Aaron Rodgers again with Devontae Adams, and that is going that would be a really, really scary offense.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, quite the olive branch for Green Bay to extend to to Aaron Rodgers. But moving things on here to wide receivers, thirteen to twenty four, we both have uh, Terry McLaurin at thirteen. Then you have DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, CD Lamb, Bobby Trees at eighteen. You have Amari Cooper all the way down here at 19. Then Godwin, Galladay, Iuke Cooper Cup, and Odell Beckham to round out. You're 24. And like I said, I have McLaurin at 13 as well. CeeDee Lamb, DJ Moore, Julio Jones at 16, Robert Woods at 17. I bumped Iuke up to 18. And then I have Deontay Johnson at 19. You had him at 16. We both have Godwin at 20. I have Evans at twenty one. I put Jamar Chase here at twenty two. Uh, DJ Chark at twenty three, and then Kenny Galladay at twenty four. Uh, with with these guys, like I said, after I got through my my top twelve, like this is really where I started to like go back and forth, and you know push guys up and bring guys down, then move them around and like take them up one spot, and move them back down. So like this was, you know, that this was a little a uh, little difficult for me to try and hash this out. But uh, your, your thoughts here on this group of wide receiver twos as we take an early look at the 2021 wide receiver ranks.
1: I think the top of it was was, was really tough for me um, and then the bottom because uh, Terry McLaurin is a guy that I could have as a top 12 for sure. And I he may end up winding himself there as we get closer because, like I said, I think this offense is going to be better. This is the best quarterback that he's now played with. Um you know, in, in his short career now, and he has produced a uh, year in and year out much like we saw Alan Robinson be able to do. And now you get Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's kind of the King of the D attitude who is going to air it out no matter what, um, or, you know, uh, throw you the ball, no matter what, uh, whether you're open or not. And so um, I, I do think Curtis Samuel could hurt him a little bit um, just because, you know, this is the first time that he'll have like an actual uh, other playmaker there outside of not named Logan Thomas. Um, which is crazy to even think. But, you know, Logan Thomas uh, is, is part of the brand uh, here at this show. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, so I do think that could hurt him a little bit, but not anything dramatically. Uh, DJ Moore I still absolutely love. I, he's still also really young. I think he's only 23, maybe 24 at the most. Um, and I think that this could be a real breakout year with Sam Darnold there. I'm happy they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, this is a year for for Sam Darnold to really uh, show a case what he can do because he's been stuck with Adam Gase and that terrible offense. Now he goes to Carolina with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. And, you know, Robbie Anderson is still there. They brought in Terrace Marshall. But um, I hope they use DJ Moore more out of the slot again this year and kind of because I think that that would make a lot of sense to really put him in the slot and which we know that Sam Donald absolutely loves the slot wide receiver, whether it was Braxton Berrios or whether it was Jamison Crowder. um, You know, I think that DJ Moore makes a lot of sense to play from the slot primarily. But regardless of that, uh, he still has just been solid the last couple of years. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are tough because I was higher on them, and then they brought in – brought back Antonio Brown. And I'm like, here we go. Because it is going to be a little bit of kind of um, – I think it caps their ceilings anyway with having all three of these guys there again. Because, you know, if you look at Mike Evans last year, he was solid. He wasn't – you know, he had a couple really big weeks. Um, you know, week two, he had 23.4, 25.2. And then he kind of went went, went a little south. And then from there, he didn't have another 20-point week until week 12. Um, where he had 20 uh, against Kansas City, which was ninth among all wide receivers. And then uh, it was week 16 against Detroit, where he went absolutely nuclear and went 10 for 181 and two touchdowns for 40 fantasy points uh, week 16. But there was a pretty large stretch this year where people were just kind of a little upset with with him because you know, he had two, 5.7, 16.5, 10.4. He was kind of living, dying by the touchdown. Um, he went on that long streak, what a from week one all the way through week five where he had scored a touchdown at, every single, at least one touchdown every single game. And he was kind of living and dying by the touchdown because he wasn't getting a lot of yards. I mean, if you look last year, he only had, what, one – uh, four times last year did he have over 100 receiving yards. So um, he was kind of living and dying by the touchdown. And so – You know, and especially with Chris Godwin, too. Like, I was hoping actually Chris Godwin was going to go somewhere else just because I wanted him to be a more integral part of the offense because I felt like, you know, right now they kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. And so, you know, with Mike Evans, I have him a little bit higher because I just think his touchdown upside is a little bit higher than Chris Godwin's is. But um, I love, absolutely love Chris Godwin as the player. But I just think with all these weapons there, they're probably not going to have the same share of the offense um, that you would like to see. And then with the Dallas wide receivers, I do have Amari Cooper a little bit lower than CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb takes another step forward this year. Listen, that offense was absolutely electric last year when Dak Prescott was playing. And I don't think that's going to change. I think he's going to come back ready to go, healthy and ready to go. And like you mentioned, this defense is still not going to be very good. And so they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. But I think they kind of cannibalize each other a little bit like what we see with Tampa Bay in the, in, in the sense that um, I think they eat into each other's targets. Michael Gallup is also still there um, as, as a pass catcher as well. They brought in Simi Feyoko which is not going to have an impact year one. But the, the top three guys are going are, are gonna to get their targets. And so I just have them a little bit lower mainly due to that point. But this is still going to be a
0: really great offense on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, every year we have a an offense that supports two top twelve wide receivers, and that could easily be that could easily be one of them, depending on how involved you know whoever tight end one is for them and how involved Michael Gallup is. Like that, that could be the one that we're looking at with uh, Lamb and Cooper both as top twelve options, and I wouldn't be surprised by that in the least. Uh, for me, I have Ayuk here up at 18. Uh, I don't know, again, how that's going to be received here in the comments. And please be sure to to, to jump in and get some conversation going with us, you know, whether you agree or disagree or think we're missing somebody in our rankings here. But I, I just think with what he was able to do and whether or not it's Trey Lance starting the beginning of the year, halfway through the year, even if it's Garoppolo all year and Trey Lance takes a, a, a bit of a red shirt – that's still going to be an improvement on, you know, CJ Beathard and uh, Nick Mullins, you know, what what he was dealing with. And if you look at what Ayuk did from week seven on, he was wide receiver five in fantasy points per game. And, you know, we, we have been, uh, you know, Debo Samuel stands here on the TFA podcast, but he, you know, he really hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. Uh, you know, be, be on the field. Going back to South Carolina, he dealt with injuries and missing time, and now through his, you know, first two years in the uh, in the NFL. And obviously, I think with Kittle coming back and healthy, you know, that's going to help open things up for IUC as well just in terms of having somebody else that defenses are going to have to key in on. And I, like, I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head, how many games are and can played play together, but it, it couldn't have been many. And I don't think maybe there was like two or three games, maybe where all three of those guys played together. But like I said, either way, whether it's Lance or even Garoppolo for, for the majority of the, the potentially the, the entire year, unless he gets traded, um, I, I think that'll be an upgrade for IUK and we know what that Shanahan system can be. And then I'm kind of just planting my my flag here on Jamar Chase. I know whenever uh, you know you, you saw this pre-show, you said you thought that your ranking of Chase was high. Obviously, he's not showing up in your top 24. I just think that if you are going to forego taking Penny Sewell, after what you just saw happen to your franchise quarterback, the connection with those two from LSU, like that that should be something that just absolutely jumps off right from the get-go. And we know that this uh this Cincinnati offense, I think, has been like top five every year that in terms of uh passing rate that Zach Taylor has uh been at the helm for for Cincy. So that's obviously not going to change anytime soon. I know they have, you know, some pieces coming back on defense. I know they they added some as well, but I still don't have a lot of faith in that defense. And you look at the 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 division they play in. It's a tough division as well. So I don't think the the passing volume is going to be stopping anytime soon. And I think Jamar Chase is going to be able to step in day one and be that dude. I was a little surprised to see uh that you, the DJ Chark numero Uno fan. Did not have him in your top twenty-four with obviously the addition of uh, Trevor Lawrence or you know who knows maybe even Tim Tebow coming in at, at quarterback for uh, for the Jags. Um, you know we can uh, we can start moving on here, but you know and then I, I really struggled. I see you have Odell at twenty-four. I really went back and forth with like Odell and Jarvis Landry. Obviously, I'm going to have both of those guys coming up. Uh, you know with with the next group of receivers. Um, are, are you expecting because we've seen Baker kind of lock on to Odell and feed him maybe when it wasn't totally necessary? Do you think we you know we kind of get that with the you know Odell in his sideline antics and, and all that? Do, do you think we start to see Odell come back and kind of demand that uh, again, um, or are you just expecting you know Baker with what he showed toward the toward the end of the year and that offense finally starting to open up? That's that's going to help out with. Uh, with Odell is going to be the beneficiary beneficiary of that.
1: Odell was tough because I kind of went back and forth with some of these guys that I have in the the wide receiver three range um, to go twenty four. Um, I, I don't feel like great about having him where I have him. Um, I still think that he has something left in the tank. He is twenty eight years old. He's had a lot of injuries. Another, he's coming off a major injury last year, but. It happened early enough in the year that he should be pretty close to 100% by the time the the season rolls around, and it shouldn't take him too long to kind of get his feet under him. Um, But if you look at him last year, I mean, he wasn't great in the opportunities that he had. He only averaged 12 fantasy points per game. Um, He basically had 23 receptions for 319 yards and four touchdowns, and three of those touchdowns actually came in one game against Dallas. Uh, But he only played in really six games because he got hurt really early in week seven. Uh, whenever whenever he went down with that major injury but um I still think that he can be a threat uh, in this in this passing offense and listen I like this this Cleveland Brown passing offense this year to take another step forward you know we kind of saw it in the second half of last year which was uh you know once Odell left and he made Rashard Higgins and Jarvis Landry and Donovan Peoples-Jones flashed a little bit and Austin Hooper and um I think now you get you you bring back Odell, you know, there was kind of some rumors, some talk that possibly maybe they would trade him, they did not do that. And you know, he's back here again, but he still had 22% of the targets while he was healthy and while he played. And um I just think he had nine deep targets in those six games as well. So, um I think if this offense especially this passing offense was 29th in pass plays per game last year, I think you could probably see him be more close to the 15 range if that happens, it's a lot more targets to go around for for Odell. And I just think that Odell could uh, kind of have a little bit of a bounce back year, something we were hoping for last year. You know, if you go back to 2019, where he actually played all 16 games, but I think he played through like a sports hernia or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the injury was that he kind of played through, but he still was, uh, you know, at least a uh, decently productive, but, you know, listen, like people aren't going to value Odell Beckham as, as the way they used to. I'm, I'm not saying that I think he can be a top five wide receiver or anything like that. Cause it's just not going to be it, but I still think that he can be a valuable, wide receiver two, I would much rather prefer him as a wide receiver three, if if you can make it happen um, and take some of that value away. And so you're not draft because you're not having to draft him as high as you used to. But once you get past kind of some of these dudes, like I think, like I said, I think they're kind of interchangeable. I could have DJ Chark a little bit higher, um, but my wide receiver threes that we have, you know, I I just feel like that, you know, I could have Tyler Lockett ahead of him, Corlin Sutton. I wouldn't hate, like there's a lot of these guys here that I feel like that I could have at, a wide receiver 24 as a low end wide receiver too so um i just think this kind of ranges tier here it's kind of is what it is but um you know you, lo- you look at my group to your group it's a little bit different i have Tyler lockett at 25 dj Chark, courtland sutton adam thielen jamar chase at 29 uh t higgins will fuller devontae smith Corey Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and Jarvis Landry. Where you have Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Odell at thirty, Devontae, Will Fuller, Denzel Mims. That's That's, that's, that's a little steamy. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and then Jalen Waddle to wrap out your your, your top thirty-six. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati wide receivers while we're here, because. You know, I only have two of the three, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in my top 36. You have all three. Um, I know you're a Tyler Boyd stand. I know Alito, shout out him. He's probably going to say something about you having him at 25 because that seems a little bit low because that is hashtag for the brand for you um, with him. But do you – because I will say this. I definitely think they can support three wide receivers for sure. I know they want to have – uh, because they don't have a tight end of, of consequence like we talked about earlier, you right. know, on the previous show with running back. So, you know, I think they're going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets, and so Tyler Boyd is going to be on the field a lot. So, I think it's possible that that we could see all these guys, but um, I do think there is going to be a lot of hit and miss here and, and trying to predict, you know, what week is going to be which guy's week. And I think a lot like kind of the Tampa Bay situation, so it might be easier just to take the cheaper of uh, of all of them. And honestly. Jamar Chase might be the cheapest, but I have a feeling that Tyler Boyd is probably gonna end up coming in for everybody as the cheapest of all the three Cincinnati wide receivers.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I actually do not have all three in my top 36. I, I do have T Higgins just outside. Oh, you're like right. I, yeah, yeah, I like, just
1: like, noticed that. Yeah. Okay. I just expected him to be there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, like like I was mentioning with with Chase. Um I know I know that there are you know, whether or not you buy into or believe in the, the vacated targets kind of thing. Uh, A.J. Green did somehow, some way, have, have over 100 targets last year. I think T. Higgins was around the same range that he was. So obviously there's going to be enough for Jamar Chase to come in and get his, for T. Higgins to still get his. I just think that Jamar Chase probably takes a little bit more from you know, I, I think Jamar Chase is going to be in that one thirty ish range. Some of that comes away from T. Higgins, and I think Tyler Boyd is just going to be that that steady guy who maybe doesn't have the ceiling, but I think he might have one of the one of the safest floors uh, just with where he operates in the you know in terms of that offense. You know, coming in from the slot, like you know, like I said with Jamar Chase again, there's going to be a team going to have a lot of volume. To go around, uh, you know, with with Zach Taylor there, top three, top five in terms of pass rate over the past couple of years. Um, I just maybe I'm being stubborn and having having Boyd this high. Maybe I should drop him down a little low. But real quickly, just looking at best ball tens ADP uh, just over the last week. So since the since the draft ended, Higgins is going at twenty six. Jamar Chase is going at 27, and Tyler Boyd is going at 31. And I I will say this one more time. Tyler Boyd was a wide receiver one up until the point that uh, that Joe Burrow got injured. So I'm going to hold on to that very tightly because I did have Boyd as a wide receiver one. I'm dropping him down here against, against my better judgment, against what my heart is telling me. But I, I do think that Jamar Chase kind of just jumps right into it. T. Higgins maybe falls back slightly. And Boyd is kind of just that steady guy who maybe doesn't have the, the ceiling. But whenever we're looking at you know these wide receiver threes, I think it's all going to depend on – I like to have – Balance in terms of the the quote unquote type of receivers I have, so I really wouldn't mind having you know Boyd as you know like my, maybe my R, you know my, my wide receiver three or so because I like having some of those you know high ceiling guys, some boom bust guys, and then some uh, some safe floor type of receivers. And I, I kind of the the rest of the guys on this list, you know, maybe a little bit more hit and miss. So I feel comfortable with Boyd at twenty five. Again, just because of the uh, the floor that I think he's going to provide, particularly in full PPR leagues. Yeah, I don't hate that
1: call at all. I think Tyler Boyd is always undervalued. And I I just like I, like I already mentioned, that's why I have him a little bit lower than this. I think I have him at like thirty seven or thirty eight in my uh, my rankings. So other than that, you know. Uh, You know, mine aren't nearly as hot. You know, I have Juju and Chase because, again, I think they kind of like what we saw last year where one week it'll be Juju and next week it'll be Chase Claypool. I have guys that really get opportunity uh, with Deontay Johnson just getting 100 targets every week. Um, Devontae Smith, I think he can easily step in and be the alpha wide receiver in this offense, uh, you know, with Jalen Rager being the number two. And so I think he sees a large target share year one. So I feel pretty confident having him there. Corey Davis, you know, going to the Jets with Zach Wilson um there is a lot of mouths defeat as well there with with Corey Davis Keenan Cole or Keelan Cole Denzel Mims like there is a lot of wide receivers James Crowder still there but I think you're going to see James Crowder probably get cut um sooner rather than later which would uh also help out Elijah Moore who they brought in there's a lot of wide receivers there but I feel pretty confident with uh you know with Corey Davis at least being kind of a a back end wide receiver three, wide receiver four, but I don't think you're gonna to have to draft him like that. I think you could probably draft him as a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. And I think he makes for a nice flex play, um, depending on who they're gonna play, because their defense is still gonna be trash and they're gonna throw the ball. So the rest of my rankings aren't that hot, but we got to talk about two guys that you have before we sign off, and that is Denzel Mims, which I love Denzel Mims, the player, but having him at in top thirty-six, I think, is uh spicy. And then Jalen Waddle. I will just say this with Jalen Waddle. I don't think I think it's gonna take him a couple of years to really to really get going um and really start being a really consistent productive fantasy wide receiver. Listen, he didn't do a whole lot at, at Alabama. He his, you know, we we've I'm not gonna go into the whole uh you know me sounding like I hate Jalen Waddell, but um, you know, he has that late breakout age, all these things. Like his profile, I'm not saying he's the same type of player, but he has the same profile as Henry Ruggs. And we saw what Henry Ruggs did last year. Um you know, down in uh, Oakland or down in Las Vegas, excuse me, but in Miami, you know, they brought in Will Fuller, Devonte Parker is still there, and so, you know, I think this is still a team that is not going to want to throw the ball, you know, forty times a game. I think you, and so I think you see them lean a little bit more on the run. They have a, one of the best defenses in all the league, so I don't know if they're going to be able to support two wide receivers in the top thirty-six.
0: This is where I really started to like. I didn't know what to do with Will Fuller. Like, maybe having Waddle at you know at thirty six is a is a little spicy. But I just feel like you know you, you mentioned Rugs, but I think that was a Gruden problem. You know, we we don't see too many times outside of like injury. You know, guys like John Ross, where receivers are taken this highly that you know offenses and teams don't have a a plan in place where they You know where they want to get them involved and get that get their get that ball in their hands as much as they can, and that's what you know. I think is he a speedster the same way that Will Fuller is sure, but I think you can do more with Waddle. You know, maybe getting uh, getting Tua a little bit more comfortable, you know, in in that offense and kind of giving him that you know that safety blanket and kind of that burrow to chase corollary. Looking here too with uh, with Tua and. And and Waddle, like I said, re- really wasn't sure what to do with that group. And like the, the group that I have after them is just kind of like, you know, I have Chase outside of my top uh, 36. I, I just, you know, th- th- there are a couple of these names that, you know, I'm hoping with training camp and, you know, s- some of the news coming out that like this will start to shake out and, you know, make it a little bit easier to to rank these guys. But yeah, Denzel Mims at 33. You have Corey Davis at 33. I'm just going with a different New York Jets receiver and it's really just what it comes down to for me is uh is I think with the way that Zach Wilson plays and what you know what we saw some of his strengths were he had a really good deep ball Mims is clearly the most explosive pass catcher they have and even though they took my guy Michael Carter in the fourth round like I really don't look at that running back group and think that that is going to be their strong suit. So I think this might be a a pass heavy kind of offense. And you look at that defense as well; still some question marks there. So I think you know, I mean, maybe Corey Davis ends up being you know the the, the kind of like a a Tyler Boyd ish here, just in terms of maybe doesn't have like the the high ceiling, but is the more steady Eddie guy, a guy you can count on in terms of in terms of the floor but I think Mims in his second year hopefully fully healthy is going to be that explosive guy to take the uh take the top off of defense and you know be able to provide that for for the Jets and then Sutton and Judy here back to back at 34 and 35 for me I know a lot of people are going to talk about you know Judy and his drops and you know what's Cortland Sutton going to do to Judy's target share. That's kind of why I have them here in the in the same range. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see to see Drew Locke be able to support you know kind of like you know two back end wide receiver three kind of guys. Judy obviously was an absolute monster coming out of Bama. We know what Sutton can do, even though he even though he's coming off that injury. But I still think that you know even though they added to that defense and, you know, maybe they want to potentially take the ball out of Drew Locke's hands a little bit, you know, with going up and getting Javante Williams at the top of the second, I still think both of these guys can, you know, can coexist in the same offense, even though we didn't really get to see that last year with Sutton getting injured early. But I, I, I just think that, you know, Drew Locke, it is going to help him out a lot, having the, same offensive coordinator back to back years for the first time in his short NFL career, and uh, yeah, I, I just like what this Denver offense is doing in general. But l- like I said at the at the beginning of the show, man, this was uh, this was difficult to go through and try and parse through these guys, and I definitely spent a lot more time trying to shake through the wide receiver rankings than I did with the, uh, with the running backs. It was that there's just so many guys to like. And then, you know, at at this point of the, the, the off season, just, you know, we don't have a lot of answers to the test quite yet. So um, it's going to be really interesting to look back on this and, you know, three months whenever we're diving a little bit fuller and we have a, a better sense, hopefully from OTA and training camp kind of information on what to expect from some of these guys.
1: No, I agree. I mean, this is kind of just your, our initial look at, at where these guys are. Um, I, I will ask, um, if Aaron Rodgers does get traded to Denver, then what are you doing with their pass catchers?
0: You, you got to move them up, right? Like, well, you gotta... yeah, but
1: how high would you move them? Like, would you move Cortland Is Corlin Sutton now a top 12 wide receiver? Is he a – I think he's definitely a top 24 wide, locked in, and I think he's probably a top 20. Like, Corlin Sutton is a baller. Like, Corlin Sutton is really good. Um, I know he, he had that injury last year really early, so he's kind of out of people's minds, but like Corlin Sutton is a really good wide receiver. And yeah. so, um, I think he can play that Devontae Adams type role, right? Where like kind of at the same thing, uh, in the same vein as the Green and the green Bay offense. But if Aaron Rodgers does get dealt to Denver, like these pass catchers go, like it's wheels up for Denver pass catchers, right? Because we, I like this offense. Like, all of the weapons that they have, like, I really like this offense. But it's just the quarterback that holds me back from having them higher than what they are. But you add Aaron Rodgers into this now, and it's, it, it's a lot of fun. And now, you know, I think Jerry Judy is definitely uh, much higher as well. And then, you know, Noah Fant probably moves up a, a lot higher. But um, where would you have them? Like, just a range.
0: Yeah, I think you have to look at both of those guys. Uh I, maybe this is hot takey, but I could see Jerry Judy being the Devontae Adams just in terms of his route running and his separation. You know, I, I think that would be a more for, for me anyway to to equate those two. Whereas, you know, Sutton is kind of that that prototypical X receiver just down the field, throw it up and let, let him go get it. I think Judy might be the the Devontae Adams in in that case, but the the crazy thing is if if you know if he were to land there, I think you look at this as his you know most talented pass catching group that he might you know have ever had. And, you know maybe there's a, a couple years with uh, Adams and Jordy and you know that that maybe I'm forgetting, but Randall Cobb and Randall Cobb and yeah and Randall Cobb yeah. So so maybe that's a that's taking <laughs> taking a little too far, but you know you said fan. K.J. Hamler would become a really interesting best ball kind of guy, potentially, um, you know, playing the, the wide receiver three role because I think that Tim Patrick takes a uh, takes a backseat with Sutton Healthy. But, yeah, in terms of Sutton and uh, Judy, I think both of those guys have to be in top, uh, maybe as high as 15 to to 20, 21 for, for both of those guys. Because you're you're not gonna whatever they trade for Aaron Rodgers is not gonna be a team friendly deal, and you don't trade for Aaron Rodgers to make him a a game manager or to have like a a balanced offense. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're you're putting that ball in his hand and you're letting him go do his thing. So I don't think you know I I worry about the volume a little bit right now for for both of those guys, which is kind of why I have them back to back here at the end of wide receiver threes. But man, that would be that would be a lot of fun. To see Rodgers go to this offense,
1: yeah. Imagine the division where you have Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert all in the same offense, all in the same division too. Like shootouts the lower co- would be coming too. So um, I hope. I mean, I am a Chiefs fan, so I mean, my, my homerism and my fandom uh, hopes that he doesn't get uh, traded to
0: Green, or to Denver. But if and it all, did, with, uh, all with all with uh, solid defenses too. So th- those games would be those games would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um
1: It'll be funny cuz the, the schedule comes out tomorrow uh, the 12th. And if you see uh like just both Kansas City and Denver games are primetime like do they know something that we don't? Like <laughs> <What? laughs> Because right cuz actually right now the the one the one of the big things they made was cuz remember the cuz we we have the extra year this year and the Chiefs play Green Bay um the last week of the season and that was kind of supposed to be the the big matchup, but if he were to get traded, I mean, obviously the NFL would probably take it, you know, because uh, you know, to be able to get two Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes games, because I don't because Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes haven't faced each other because last year when it happened, whenever they faced each other a couple years ago, remember that's when Pat Mahomes dislocated his knee. Uh, okay, and right. so he didn't play right. in that game. That was uh, uh, Matt Moore started in that game. And the Chiefs almost won that game with Matt Moore. So but regardless i just uh is it's we got those are the uh julio jones and i think aaron Rodgers are the two biggest news that we really have to get to really start to feel comfortable where where, where you're ranking these guys but um you know kind of like you mentioned with the running backs we'll definitely be getting much deeper and go much further than 36 because let's face it i mean that's not nearly deep enough through draft season so we'll probably i don't know maybe we'll try to get to 48 or 50 top wide receivers or something like that and You know, maybe the
0: top 50 running backs as well. So we could actually, uh, you know, have a little bit more to help people out. For sure. And uh, speaking of helping people out, there will be plenty of content as we start to shift away from, uh, you know, that there's been an emphasis on obviously draft and dynasty. Still going to have dynasty content for you guys, but we will also be kicking up the redraft content. So, Please be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're not yet subscribed. Hit us with a like, drop a comment, let us know you you know too high, too low, crazy, roast us, whatever you want to do. And then if you're listening to this on podcast form, please leave a rate and review for us there to, to help uh, spread spread the good word without spreading the good word directly. So we'll talk to all of you guys soon and and, and bye. No, it doesn't even matter, don't you worry that. What it's all about We hope you enjoy your
1: stay It's good to have you with us Even if it's just for the day